calling F1E31. We have an emergency. It's Petra's occasion in podcast. Go. We need you to watch and review the Martin Scorsese film from 1999, Bringing Out the Dead. It's urgent. Really? Isn't there any other Nicolas Cage-based podcast that can do it? There's so many out there. Pretty sure loads of them have done it before. Pretty sure some of them have got his coming up episodes. Do you really need me to do it? Yes, but the Anagram Hunter has found that the title of this movie is an anagram for Get a Dude in Brighton. Fuck, well I guess you can't argue with any of the anagrams that are provided by Thomas underscore W underscore Hunter on Twitter. I guess I'm going to have to watch Bringing Out the Dead from 1999 then, guys. Welcome to... Episode 31 of the Caged In Podcast. This week, I am joined by Phil of Those Movie Guys. How are you, Phil? I'm I'm awesome, man. I'm happy to be on your show. It's, it's, I've been <laughs> listening. I was listening to it, to it today. It was, it was great. Amazing. I mean, what, what episode were you listening to, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, the 8mm. Yeah? <laughs> that is... And um, you're right in the zone of, like, my favorite Nick Cage movies. So, like, I, every week I watch a Nick Cage movie because I listen to your show and I'm like, you know what? I love that movie. Yeah, it's... I'm gonna throw that on. It's definitely, like, I, I'm kind of calling it, like, the golden mile of Nicolas Cage at the moment. Like, I think from, like, 96 to about... I don't know... That man. makes sense. Because at the end of The Green Mile, he dies. <laughs> is he? No, he's not in the Green Mile, is he? <laughs> no, but at the end of the Green Mile, Michael oh. Clark Duncan dies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, this is the end. Uh, this is like the highlight. He's just going, and then it, then it ends. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's. I I'm hoping that maybe in the later stages of Nicolas Cage's career, there will be like a rebirth of some kind. Like he will. I mean, yeah, I think you said you're like. So this is 31, and you said there was, like, 70-some Nick Cage movies? I I recently, like, maybe four days ago, added, like, 12 more movies that yeah. are in, like, production onto my list. Like In the last, like, eight years, this guy's put out, like, four a year, and they're all high quality. <laughs> yeah, that's... So you... you <laughs> it's gonna suck. <laughs> I think this year alone, there's, like, six, like gonna come out or yeah it's uh he's got bills to pay man yeah definitely yeah he's buying all those uh elephant skulls and dinosaur bones and yeah he's got that weird ass house or he did i, I think he still got it. i think he had to sell that yeah I, i'm not sure if he's like i don't know the tax man's his friend at all uh, <laughs> <laughs> well let's get on to the matter at hand which is bringing out the dead the 1999 Martin Scorsese directed. Um, would you, I would kind of. It's like a drama, uh, like a, yeah. How would you? How would you describe this movie? I, yeah, drama works. I don't. There, there's nothing else you could probably. It's not a thriller. It's not supernatural, even though there's some. It tries to be at points. I'm not sure. That, that really was Scorsese, though? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, I, I tried not to look at anything about it. I just saw, I think he, like, in the beginning, it was like a Martin Scorsese film, so I didn't know if he directed or produced or EP or what. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's Martin Scorsese directed, written by Paul Schrader, who uh, wrote Taxi Driver, and I think has worked with Cage on some later films. I know he directed um, uh, Dying for the Light, and then he directed Dog Eat Dog, the, the 
came out this year with like Willem Dafoe and looks fucking batshit crazy. Uh, oh, I loved, I loved Dafoe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's fucking crazy. Uh, but <laughs> this film, like, uh, I just kind of it skimps a lot on plot. So, like, plot wise, I don't think there's that much really going on. But like, let's try and break that down for. You poor listeners at home who have made it. This. Yeah, they, they kind of just, they, they throw you in it. Yeah, it's uh, it kind of opens up with a fucking amazing song, which I had to, like, look up, like, as soon as the film ended, which is uh, Van Morrison's uh, TB Sheets. Like, it's kind of, like, gnarly blues track, and you just got, like, flashes <laughs> of him at the helm of this ambulance. And, like... Well, yeah, but... Like I, I brought up that that's like the cliche, uh, <laughs> like just the dragging out the job, like the grind. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. The song you play, like the end of the day after your job, you go and have a drink at the bar, and that's always playing. Like that's just <laughs> this sets you up for this guy's just struggling with this job. Oh yeah, definitely. And then you get this like, like noirish like voiceover, like of him like kind of talking about his like job, don't you? Like the like. Right. The grind of it and like how, I don't know, he seems like a plagued guy. He looks like fucking shit, for he, one. He, lo- the, he looks horrible the whole time. He does not look like he's slept like in forever. Um, he's partnered up with the great John Goodman as well. Like, I think his partners in the ambulance are fucking amazing. Like... I think you got to be a little crazy to do that uh, that night shift job, especially in New York. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, this film is set in New York. Sorry, I feel like I keep, keep having to drag it back to explaining what I keep getting lost on, right. if I could just getting into, like, I don't I, 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 I enjoyed this film. I kind of, I've literally just stepped out of it and jumped into recording, but... I think at the moment there's a lot to digest. I think, but I enjoyed it. But yeah, it's ninety. It's, it, it makes a point of saying it's early nineties New York, and it's just kind of everything looks. It was high time. It was high time for that shit. Yeah, it's grimy. It's dirty. Like, um, and Frank and John Goodman are called out to a job. Is that Larry? I believe Larry. That's the one. Yeah, they're called out to Larry. a job. For a cardiac arrest, and when they get there, uh, they are met by Mary, who is played by uh, Patricia Arquette, whose father has gone into cardiac arrest, and they're trying to resuscitate. And then the voiceover talks about how he's like Cage's character feels like he can see the spirits leaving the bodies of the people. Um, well, I, th- I, th- he, I think he brings up that he expects to see the spirits, and then looks over the window, and there's not one there. Yeah, I think he forgot for a second that he was shooting, bringing out the dead, <laughs> and not uh, not City of Angels. Uh, I imagine he did so much in those years, and like the effects of all the cocaine he did in like the early nineties, late eighties, had warped. People his- were paying him money to be in things. <laughs> he was he was living the life. That's when he was buying islands and dinosaur eggs and shit. <laughs> Yeah, but like he's got a really weird, peculiar way of trying to get the guy to uh, like back to life. He's like, put on his favorite music, put on his jams. Like I've heard he's a big Buster Rhymes man. Get on, break your neck. He wants to fucking boogie out to that shit. This will get him back to life. Obviously, it's not 
Busta Rhymes, it's uh, Frank Sinatra, because what would any... I, I, I don't know... I, I, I think an old dude could definitely listen yeah. to Busta Rhymes <laughs> in New York. <laughs> yeah, I don't, early 90s, though. Busta Bust might not have been busting his thing on the scene quite yet. Maybe, DM, maybe DMX. <laughs> um and then they, yeah, they get a pulse and they take him to the hospital, which is fucking crazy. Like this hospital, uh, what it's it, manic. Yeah, it's just there's people everywhere. There's people like strapped down to beds, and uh, we get introduced to I think is one of he's not in it a lot, but one of my favourite characters is Gris, the like. Uh, Hospital security guard. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was he wasn't taking no shit. I, I don't. I I didn't even know hospitals had security guards. Um, I guess this place must have because like it's just littered with junkies and like he's, he's like y'all need to calm down. <laughs> what well, the best thing he says is um he says don't make me take off my sunglasses like <laughs> right and do do works the night shift and wears glasses the entire time <laughs> um yeah this is he's just one of many peculiar characters we kind of get in this oh i i think uh i don't know who she would be like the the checking in nurse but she deals with all the junkies like fuck you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like oh yeah you wanna, you wanna, you, you just wanna, you just wanna get out of here. You've come in here with needle marks in your arm. You just wanna get out there, get back, get some more needle marks in your arm. What, what the fuck do you want us to do about it? Right, like, like your your head, your head's all banged up because you got drunk and bumped your head, <laughs> and all you're gonna do is go out and get drunk and bump your head and come back in here. So why, why would we help you now? I like that. I like that cutthroat attitude about it i'm not sure if this film is supposed to be a commentary on uh the healthcare system in uh america in the early 90s or what well, you know and and, and i don't want to jump ahead a bunch but i uh, will talk about mr o later but she seemed really nice with mr o though i uh, they probably built up a rapport about the amount of times he had visited the, uh, but you the, think uh, that would have been another one that she would have been like, you're just going to go get drunk and collapse out of somewhere, you know? But <laughs> yeah, she was definitely. really cool with him. But we'll get to Mr. O. Oh, definitely. And uh, one character who is kind of significant, who's in this chaos, is a character of Noel, who is just begging any anyone who will listen for water. And it's just like this kind of street crazy who's just fucked basically that, that like, fucking mark anthony yeah 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 yeah. um with definitely not a wig <laughs> that hair is something else it like it's got, it's got some predator vibes going on like right with, it was like, like it's like you do you have any rastafarian wigs uh, we need this to uh, pretend to be this guy yeah it's like it, well it's like a real, I don't know. Some of it, it looks like it's made out of like bin bags, you know, like trash bags and stuff like that. It right. looks fucking weird. It looked, it had some Mad Max vibes going on, like some real like a poster. It's like his whole outfits throughout the film. It's kind of weird, post post apocalyptic. At one point, he looks like he's wearing tires round him. It's he's fucking. He's, yeah, he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he's yeah. just. Like, I know what scene you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just some like batshit crazy, and they're like, it's like they said to him, "You like go in the props department, pick out anything. I'm sure it'll make you yeah, look like, fucking uh, crazy." 
Yeah, there was a vest he wore that looked like very steampunk. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, yeah. like just two tubes going all over and shit. <laughs> um, so how did junkies get such cool shit? I don't know, man. It was the early nineties. Steal it. I think they steal it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he ends up breaking out and then like gets his water and he's out of there. And then it just goes back to Frank and Larry just cruising the streets in New York. And we see it as this disgusting grime, just crime everywhere. It's like fucking blowjobs in the alley, people fucking smoking crack openly, prostitutes littering the streets. And um, this is the first time we see like a vision that Frank has of, like he's, he looks at a pregnant prostitute and then all of a sudden her face changes to that of... Um, well, you don't you don't really know who it's like. It's kind of um, Latino young girl's face, like just where, where he's, he's like the the flashbacks of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's seeing her face on just like the people in the streets, and uh, he's yeah, he's fucked and like kind of. I think he talks to Larry about what happened about this. Like says, I'm I'm plagued by Rose's ghost. Like she she just kind of I don't know. Yeah, haunts me, and uh, I don't. Is this is this where he's driving, or is where Larry takes over a drive at which he hates? Yeah, I think it's when Larry's driving. Uh, no, no, it's when he's driving because um, Larry right, hates there, it. There's the fo- there's the there's the uh, CB the radio call where they're ignoring it. Yeah, yeah. Well, La- Larry's like, I just want to fucking get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, then he can't get uh, beef lo mein because he had that last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but then we get this amazing like monologue of like the hot, like kind of like I think it's another voiceover of just like the horrors of the job, and it's like really like beautiful and poetic, like him explaining like how this kind of you know, and it really it it didn't hit home but it really made sense to me like in that world he became more of like the grief counselor than the 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 savior yeah yeah yeah. he was just he was just to be there while they died yeah and it's like i don't it feels like this one this one like incident though with rose has just like it's really got to him like it's kind yeah as you said you're thrown into the middle of it and this is just one of maybe three nights we see him on the job and like he's just he's just riddled with this guilt which you just don't you don't really know what at this point what the fuck like happened or what is going on uh, but then yeah, you're you're, thro- you're thrown in the mix but what well, really it, it caught me like it was uh do you remember watching the machinist mm. with uh christian yeah, bale yeah, yeah. Where yeah, he was yeah. like an insomniac, so there, there, and I think that goes a lot with people that work night shift, where they they start like, they start just their their cycles are reversed. They're really just odd about sleeping. They tend not to sleep at all, what? or very little. And you start seeing that, and this is where you start seeing things and seeing you know yeah. acting really chaotic. Well, yeah, like there's a lot of this. Like I kind of didn't know whether it was the actual events of the film or like it's his kind of his mania and his like hallucinations right. kind of acting out in this kind of crazy way and like maybe 
I don't, some kind of hyperbole in his mind of what is actually going on around him because it's... Yeah, and I, 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 that's that's where I'm with that is it's more all in his head. He's just kind of going kind of a little down that path. Yeah, yeah, like elements of this definitely reminded me of uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, like a lo- some of the shots and just some of the right. mania. Like, I'll talk about a very specific scene when we get to it. Um, but at this moment is when they decide to... Well, they want to ignore the call... Because they know who the fuck it's going to be. It's the fourth time this week that it's going to be Mr. O. (laughs) And Mr. O is the best. I think think Larry killed it with that whole scene. I mean, it was he he knew he didn't want to go there. He went there and he was just an asshole the entire time. Uh, Yeah, Mr. O is just like... I feel, but I'm I, I'm drinking right now, and like I just think like ah, oh, just Aren't looking at that guy. Oh yeah, definitely. But like, I, he just makes me. Uh, it made he made me feel dirty. Like, like I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those. Like you're you're gonna be in a wheelchair calling the calling the hospital every two days. <laughs> well, no, it's just like it's just their reactions, like, especially Larry's. Like the guy stinks. Like. Like even though he's in the back of the ambulance, Larry's like as they drive out the window, <laughs> yeah, like, like like a dog out the window, and so but so is Nick Cage though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both. But he's, but he's he's making fun of Larry about it. Well, yeah, yeah, and um, then they get to the like they take him in, and they're like, we don't. <laughs> We don't want that motherfucker. Like, Gris is like, I ain't having that motherfucker in here again. Get him, like, get him outside. And, uh, not, Frank, not tonight. Not not this day. <laughs> yeah, Frank just takes him outside and kind of puts him up against the wall. And it's like, ah, someone will come to you when they're ready. Don't worry about it, Mr. O. We'll, we'll get to you eventually, you stinky fuck. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Larry's pushing him the whole time like, that. <laughs> <laughs> Just like half throwing up the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, this is the first time, well, like, for another interaction between Mary and Frank, where they um just kind of having a conversation whilst like he's having a smoke. And she's like, I don't know, like, they're building up this relationship of like, he's brought in her dad. We're just we're just checking in, seeing what's happening. Is the dad is the dad doing okay? Uh, I I've written in my notes. Uh, the dad's probably dead at this point. Uh, <laughs> well, I think when they first brought him in, the doctor's like, "The fucker, he's done." Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the doc, like everyone in this hospital is so cutthroat. They're like, like the guy is like that. Nobody, he's like, hey, put him in the back of the line. Like, don't need him. Like. Like he, yeah. Why, why help the duty? Like why commit resources to this guy? He's fucking dead. <laughs> you know, come on, we got shit to do. <laughs> and even, uh, yeah, L- Larry says it on the way in. He's like, "Some motherfuckers gonna die because we're taking care of Mister O." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the be- one of the best things as well is when when uh, Mister Burke, his name is, is brought into the hospital. First of all, like he's like. Didn't I pronounce this guy dead over the phone? What the fuck is he doing here now? Like, right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, I think in the U.S., they have to, usually, you don't get pronounced dead unless you're in the hospital. Like, they got to keep pumping on you until you, you get there. Yeah, well, this, this hospital, I don't know if it's this, like, it's, kind, it's got the nickname Misery and just seems like 
the fucking like death's the door, bottom of the barrel. Like, yeah, definitely. Like like I like homeboy that did all the ER, he, the head of the ER. He was probably making like seven dollars an hour. <laughs> like it was like we got the guy that flunked out of med school running this whole sh- whole thing. Like he's got some <laughs> medical knowledge, but not enough. Well, I think it's, it's enough. I think it's it's enough to keep. I oh, think it's, yeah, men- it's enough to take care of drug dealers. Yeah, I think it's mentioned at one point when he says like uh, someone said, like talks about him and it's like. Uh, well, the guy's working like doubles. Like he's he's on, he's on like no right. sleep. I he's kept not... he kept touching his eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which well, like, well, yeah, he's probably it's probably because he's fucking tired. Like he's been working twenty seven hours. Like, what right, do you yeah, I think I think dub, I think a shift in a hospital is like fourteen hours. So a double is a long time. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Um, I I, I, I want this... that guy diagnosing me. <laughs> Um, then we get like uh, Frank talking about like the worst time of the night is between five and six because it is just when you think that the shit is done you think it's done and well you know right before daylight it's always the witching hour man I've been awake that long and there's some crazy shit that happens if you've been awake all night Right before sunrise, there's always something fucking wild that happens. Oh, definitely. And he says, like, it is between those hours that he found Rose. And, like, I think that's what's made the lasting impression on him, that those hours particularly are so... I don't know. I think... Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've stayed awake all night, but, man, I've never had a good experience. Oh no no in no! In the morning, no, never, <laughs> never, never, no, no, no. It's uh, I mean, even though I thought the party couldn't stop, and everybody's like, "We're gonna go all night," and <laughs> never once daylight hit, it got weird. Like nobody was happy anymore. Everybody was like sober enough. Actually, they got so drunk they sober. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, um, yeah, all that you're left with is just the bitter taste of regret and like, <laughs> right, ah, uh, mistakes. Like, oh god. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, all night long. So they have to live in a. He's got to be a paramedic in this city where these people do this every single night, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is the city that never fucking sleeps, and it is definitely shown that way in this movie. Um, they go check out the prostitutes sometimes. Yeah, they just kind of crude. Uh, like a lot of a lot of it just seems like. What do they do? Maybe three jobs a night? They kind of... I don't... Like, not that it's... Not that I'm saying what they do is easy work, but I'm saying, like, comparative... Well, no, not I didn't know. I, I just assumed the motherfuckers were just, like, uh, firefighters sitting in, a like, a, a room and, like, we need an ambulance. Go! Like, they're just cruising the streets like cabbies? Yeah, yeah, Waiting yeah, for yeah. the call? I didn't yeah, know I, that, but... Maybe I that's that- true. I wish there was maybe there's some deleted scenes of this. I wish there was like some scenes of them like uh, I don't know, having to fill up for gas. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of I don't know. Like yeah. some real mundane, M- shit. mundane <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah know, well, like, we gotta kick the tires, make sure there's air in them. Yeah, yeah. going on. No calls. You know. I mean, there's a scene where it shows when they go park like on the pier and uh, take a nap. Larry takes a nap. Yeah, like lucky. Uh, Lucky motherfucker. Um, and it's at this, it's, that is the exact moment that we're, we're at in the thingy. And like uh, Frank says how he kind of like wishes he could sleep 
like Larry is and that he kind of has waking nightmares and we get the impression that he drinks a lot at this point. He's like, I fucking love a good old well, drink. I think, well, Larry said that earlier. Uh, he was talking about talking about eating food and uh, he can't have lo- beef lo mein again because he had it last night. And Larry's like, well, I don't eat. He's like, what are you, you going to eat? He's like, I don't eat. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not hungry. He's like, he's like, he can't live off a of beer and whiskey. Well, he's got a straight diet in this film of like, alcohol cigarettes and coffee uh and maybe one slice of pizza uh that is the extent of frank's diet throughout this whole movie um well i do i do agree with that lifestyle but i switched from coffee to tea recently oh hello sir yeah (laughs) i I, yeah i changed it up i was feeling uh coffee just too much of it so no no i was i switched to tea very nice um Maybe that'll gain some followers in the UK. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we we, we love a bloody <laughs> cup of tea here, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, then they like um, the night. Yeah, it kind of talks about how the night never ends. Like, because fucking they get called out again. Just like Larry, you ain't fucking napping, pal. Some shit is going down and they turn up to fucking no covered in no again <laughs> glass they said, yeah they said something that was like a attempted suicide but that's all they know yeah and uh, like and, he's got a nose like just push push it in me kill me he was <laughs> it wasn't really a suicide i guess no was it no 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 he's just got a glass bottle up against like up to his throat and like they kind of say he's like yeah he's like fucking someone do it and he's just like one of the weirdest negotiation scenes because like <laughs> frank I'll, i yeah i can't do it here in front of the public but i can do it at the hospital we have a room for uh what do you say terminations yeah and he's like oh we got we got all types of instruments to like take you out and I, how do you want to go you want the gas you want the pills you want the you want the injection we we got it all like, and, what and take your this, pick? this dude's a fucking maniac so he's like well yeah that's what I, all i want is somebody to kill me so that sounds sweet yeah i'll take the pills like let me come in uh but their lovely operation is interrupted by frank's old partner tommy Played Tom Sizemore. What a fucking crazy motherfucker <laughs> this guy is. I've, I told him the la- next time I see him, I'm going to fucking kill him. <laughs> he is like, he is a sadistic fuck. Like, he just kicks Noah a few times. He's like, I'm going to fucking get him. He, he kind of tells this story of, like, n- apparently Noah had uh, two priests held up with a screwdriver and uh, <laughs> yeah next time i see him i'm gonna fuck him up uh but then like again they they bundle no in the back and then they are called out to another um emergency and this time it is a shooting and the one of the guys who's been shot is played by michael b williams is it uh omar from the wire Omar, Omar for the wire. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but I was like, "That's Omar." Yeah, really early role. Um, guess like- yeah, fucking loved Omar from the wire, dude. He was one of the best. Yeah, yeah, and I think he was uh, uh, Chalky Black from Boardwalk Empire. 
Yeah, and did have you seen um the night of the like the H- night of yeah the HBO like mini series? No, I didn't. Oh, it's it's but fucking I, great. I, I think he, I think he is a great actor though. Oh yeah, he's he's. And this fucking... is such a minimal role, but dude, <laughs> they they back then they were like, man, we we got something here with this guy. Yeah, he's, we, he's a great actor. He he died amazingly well in this film. Sorry to spoil that for you guys, but he dies on arrival to the hospital, DOA, and uh, Noel just decides at this point, fuck it, I'm out of here. Just kind of runs off. You into know, the- I don't think you have. To- I don't think you have to say spoil when you <laughs> you label the episode what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I know that, but like I meant like I kind of like just jump to the fact he dies, not that like they like they, Well, they, he they, wasn't in there very long though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that they have like a moment or anything like that. I'm like, fuck it, like they just jumped into he dies. Like no <laughs> no no like nuances of like they kind of have this tender, sweet moment in the back of the ambulance, like like he, well, he even said there was. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't even roll back to it because while he was dying, his head fell over with uh, the what is it, the Red Death or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and some cats snag it, but they never expanded upon that. I thought they would have. Like, where did that go? Or the police are like, who is this guy? And nothing. He just was like, I don't want to die. I'm going to go into the army and. Hold my hand, and Nick Cage is like, "Don't touch, don't touch, touch, touch me." <laughs> well, I think this film is quite like like eight millimeter in the way that it's quite existential, and that like it's bad shit happens, and like there 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 isn't a lot of like um, there's no reason, there's no reason, and there's no like like unfortunately, well, there's, well, there, there, I'm sure there. In the long run, there is a reason, but... There's no justice. Yeah, there might not be justice for stuff. Stuff, like, bad shit happens and... Bad shit happens and bad people get away. Yeah, like, like, that's it. Like, I think it's establishing that the Red Death is, like... I don't know. It's going to be a running theme through this film, but not maybe... I don't know. Not really a major plot point, I wouldn't say. Uh... I would say this, like, as I said, it skimps on plot, but it's kind of more of like a tone, like, it's, it's, it's a tone poem, as it were, like, it's more about... I can handle that, though. Yeah, it's more about, like, oh, like creating a mood and an atmosphere, and it kind of feels like Martin Scorsese flexing his, like, uh, surrealist muscle, like, uh, in a way. Well, back then, I mean, if... He was hot. He's like, I'm going to bring in a little Nick Cage. He seems like a big deal right now. Well, yeah, I, he's the new De Niro. But it's kind of it's very it's very different to a lot of like uh, Scorsese films in that like it's a, it's a his are his are more crime crime related crime related and like just even the way that like they're shot they're a bit more like straight. Do you know what I mean? Like they're normally like. This is a bit more like some will some real wacky shits going down. Like I don't know, some of the shots in this of like there there's always a spin to it for Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, and like in this, like I found like it's it's it felt very like heavily saturated. Like the light in it in scenes like seemed 
super bright. It almost seemed like the characters themselves like had like a glow around them. Did you get that, or did I get a, a bum a bum DVD? Um, <laughs> well, I just typed in uh, the, the details of this into Google, and I watched the first thing that came. Oh, up. oh, cool. <laughs> so. Um, I don't, it, it could have been a sweet Blu-ray version. I have no clue, but I just—I got what I got. Nice. Um, yeah. So we then go to uh, Frank goes to, <laughs> goes to see his boss, and like uh, he just wants out of this job, and he's like, his boss is like, "Come on, man, you've been sick like seven, like so many times this month. You've been late nine times." I've told you about this shit. You can't do this anymore. And he's like, please, please, just fire me. Like you said, if I was late again, you would fire me. Please, just do it. Do it now. Do it quick. And, uh, and, and, and his boss is like, no, nobody tells me like who I can fire, when I can fire him. And he's like, no, you said if I showed up late again, you'd fire me. Like, damn it. And... uh one of the weirdest uh, things that his boss does is he, like, uh, barks like a dog. Yeah, that was... I don't know where that was coming from. I get, like, he... Right after the barking, he did, like, the... And I told him to shove it up their ass. <laughs> I get that, but, like, yeah, the barking, like, he's he's a junkyard dog. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like... It's just touches like that that just made me, like, in this show, like, okay... Okay, I don't know. Well, like, it felt more. It start, I don't. It it kind of. I can imagine this film being directed by uh, David Lynch. Like, like if David Lynch done it, I, he's I unhinged. Totally get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all these kind of weird, kooky character, like side characters. Then we get to my favorite of Frank's partners, who is Marcus, played by Ving. Raves, who is God, that, that was so much fun what a it's guy the funnest of the whole movie yeah he's such a fucking cool guy and i like he's just a seasoned pro like he has been at this for years and he's just like he's doing this shit and he's just like i don't know he's like he's always got a cigar in his mouth like not even lit, not even lit, just, not, just there. Like he's just that. It's a he's a character, caricature of something. Yeah, you know? he's just sucking on it. He's just getting them flavors. He's like, but he's he is great. And they get called out to a heroin overdose, um, which brings but me. You, you forgot to bring up that's that's Ving Rhames, the great Ving Rhames, who was with uh, Nick Cage in. What movie? Petros? Con Air, of go. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing, um, oh, what is it? Uh, Diamond, Diamond Dog. Dog. Yeah, 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 of course. Diamond Dog. Oh, fucking legend. Uh, and then on this on this call for the uh, heroin overdose, they, <clears throat> the guy who has overdosed has possibly it, the best name uh, ever. I think ever. Yeah, I think the best name ever. Uh, do you remember the name, Phil? Would you like to... Tell the lovely people at home what that his, name is. His name is I Be Bangin'. I, <laughs> I Be Bangin'. Uh, real name is, uh, was it like? F- Frederick. Frederick, yeah. Frederick Jones or something like that. Not Freddy, Frederick, but it's I Frederick. Be I, so that, Yeah. 
I be bagging. And then, but uh, I, I, I like the way they played it though. There's like the, the subtle thumbs up, and then he's just like, uh, Ving Rams goes into this whole. Uh, Marcus, his character, goes into this whole uh, like Baptist preacher scene. Everybody hold hands. We need to bring him back now. We need to do this for I be begging. <laughs> It and just it, goes wild. It's fucking great. I will. Uh, I will probably drop like a clip of that, or try and source that clip and put it on Twitter. Or oh, something. I, I loved. I loved that because it was. It was. He just. He made all these junkies at this club hold hands, and they were all looking up, and they were. They were feeling the power of the Lord. And it is the fact that it kind of broke the tension in this kind of like really fucking like grimy tale of like these that yeah that's why i said it was like one of the funniest mo- part of the movie was kind of gave some light to it yeah definitely and like uh kind of like i think that was intentional in the fact that ving rames's character is as like we've established is very like religious and um i don't know he's like kind of a very optimistic guy and like loves the job that he does. Well, there, and, yeah, I think there was a scene afterwards where... Uh, Nick Cage... Nick Cage are they, are they, they're talking about some story about some suicide where uh, Marcus survived. And... Uh, what the hell... What the, what's Nick, Cage, Nick Cage's name? In this? Frank. Frank. Frank was like, well, yeah, there's a story from Ireland where a woman jumped off a cliff and then it got blown back on. He's like... By the wind, he's like that was Jesus. He's like, or the wind. He's like, you don't tell me about the good book. <laughs> that was um, Jesus. And then they just kind of yeah, they're like shooting the shit like, and then they turn back up to the hospital to see what is going on with Mister Burke and Mary. They have a little chat. They have a nice little bit of pizza. This is one of the first times we see Frank actually have something to eat. And there's a really, like... I remember, that, like, they kind of sit down and have a chat, and there's a really weird, like... There's, like, three angles on Patricia Arquette. Like, he, she asks him a question or something. And I, I, it just really stuck out to me. Like It, it seemed like they were, they were trying to go art house with the filming. Yeah. Do, 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 you, know, do you know the moment I'm talking about? Like, exactly, yeah. Of, it, it was a it was a cut on her, a cut on him, a cut on her from a different angle, a cut back on him, then a cut on her from a totally different angle. It was really strange. Yeah, yeah, and it's just kind of I don't know. That's what I was saying. It feels it feels like it was art house. Like they were they were trying something new and just but not trying to do the whole movie that way. Just seeing the reaction they might get from this, maybe they'll try it again. Maybe they won't. It, yeah, it just really stuck out as like this is really this is really fucking odd and unnecessary. Out of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this does not need to be here. Um, they kind of, like, I don't know, like, they're just kind of establishing, like, their relationship. They're not really, like, I don't really feel like their conversations really, like, push anything along. There's no, like, I kind of like the fact that it's not, like, exposition heavy or anything like that. There's no, like, oh, this is hap like, because there is no real plot to this film is that is that fair to say like <laughs> i don't think there is i think it's just like a, a a storytelling of what was happening currently like yeah 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 yeah. it's a snapshot it's a snapshot in the life of this right this unfortunate fellow um and then like their like conversation is rudely interrupted because they've got to get back out to it 
and we get another pearl of wisdom from Marcus where he lays down the rules. He's got two simple rules. You don't go fucking with patients and you don't go fucking with the daughters of patients. And I think Frank says, like, you don't go fucking with... Uh, the the oh, radio girl or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. The like the 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 out the. He's saying you don't you don't fuck with uh you don't fuck with rule number three. You don't even know anything about rule number three. <laughs> uh, and then they just cruise the streets looking at looking at prostitutes, which uh, I don't know. Like, which Mar- again was a little a little comedic timing because he was he was bitching about how he just they don't they don't clothe themselves right anymore. They're wearing. They, you can't tell they're hookers anymore. They just walk out of the house with what they're wearing. Some chick's wearing a hoodie, and he's like, "You don't even know what's under there. It could be a skeleton." <laughs> and um, Marcus, I don't know. Uh, Frank sees the face of Rose again on the hooded lady. He's having these weird visions, and like he gets pretty dark for a second, where he's like. He kind of like answers out to something and Marcus says to him like, the voice is talking to you again. He's like, yeah, the voice has told me to kill Marcus. And he's like, don't, don't, don't go playing with that shit. Uh, they then get called out on another job, which is said to be a cardiac arrest, to which Frank says, why, why can't it be anything else? Why is it always a cardiac arrest? Like, why is it a chest pain or anything like that? Yeah, well, it's just always cardiac arrest. Why? Yeah, why is it not just like... Why Why? why is everyone having a fucking heart like a heart attack? Just... Let's just call it out a bit, guys, like with the heart attacks. Um, And when they get there, it is a... It is immaculate conception. So we are said to believe... I feel like... Evidently. I feel like a poor gentleman has been lied to. She was a whore. <laughs> um, it, but they give you a good shot of the giant, though. Yeah, which, yeah. With, like, some uh, bit, baby legs coming yeah, out. three of them. Which I thought this film was taking a turn for, like, this, like all of a sudden it's taking, a, a, like, a 90-degree turn and going sci-fi. Uh, well, Marcus was like, there's too many legs. <laughs> And it turns out that she is having twins and they rush her out and the babies are born at the bottom of this kind of derelict building. And then this film kind of like, this was a moment I kind of took a like a real deep breath because one of the babies is fine and one of the babies is rushed into hospital Um expected dead and something about this and nick, and nick cage is doing like the breathing the cpr and a baby where he's like holds like a finger or two up to the chest he's puffing in the mouth running that baby in which i think in in tinfoil into the hospital, yeah 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 like. it's like some type of um yeah i think it's like a heat blanket or something. but it's, it's something about that scene something about seeing like cpr on a baby that just like I think intentionally, like rightfully so, made me feel uncomfortable. Like just the thought of, like, do you know what I mean? Like seeing, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's rough. It's rough. I mean, it's it's a newborn baby. That's horrible. Yeah, and like nobody wants to see that, especially especially because uh, Ving Rams was so hot on uh, the one baby being boy. He's like, I got a baby boy over yeah. here. And 
you know, is so happy about it. Like, look at what we did today. Yeah, and like, it just kind of, I think, like, this, it really brought it down in a good way. Like, just kind of, like, like, I think that's what's so good about this, like, storytelling is that, like, obviously you have Big Rain's character is, like, quite light-hearted and optimistic, and then we, so we come crashing down with this, um, yeah, just horrific event that I wish upon nobody. Uh, and the, <laughs> then they go back out to it, and they're like, well, at least we saved one life tonight with the other baby let's have a drink and uh, all they have to hand is a nice bit of gin a nice little sippy sip and then I was not expecting the next scene Uh, do you know what happens do you remember what happens next Phil Uh, oh yeah they crashed yeah which I did not fucking see coming at all like I was like this was a moment I was like is this in Frank's head because this does not seem real at all in the slightest and they just they just crawl out of the ambulance fine they're unscathed yeah and he just takes the fuck well I think there's a scene wasn't he he wasn't with Marcus anymore he was with uh Top or Joe again right? no 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 he was with Marcus drinking yeah 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 oh yeah they were because that was after the baby was born it was a celebration so they started pounding pounding booze and then he just gets out of the car and runs away. Like, yeah, like I'm out of here. That's it. I am fucking out of here. Yeah, because they crash. <laughs> they crash and Marcus is like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, shit. And this happy. And he's just like, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm running. He's gone. Well, he says, and, uh, yeah. he says, I quit. And then Marcus says to him, the ghosts won't quit you. You can run away from this job, but you can't escape the demons. Um, then the next day... Frank goes back to the hospital to kind of check in on Mary, see what she's up to. And she has cut Noel loose because he's back in the hospital. He's tied up. He's freaking out. She's like, I just want to, I just wanted to let him go. And he's, she's like, I'm going to see a friend. Will you come with me? Uh, And the friend she's going to see because Frank busts in and kind of sees this place is a weird crack den which is known as the oasis uh run by a guy called Cy. oh what's his name uh psychotus but i like that dude i like that dude as an actor yeah 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 but like real weird dude like cornrows this kind of weird crack den he's got going on and Mary's in there. She's taken something, some type of pill, and she's just crashed out in a back room. Frank wants to get her out of there, and then like, I, so I, I forget like, who this uh, this guy is um, because sometimes he plays like Indian guys, and other times he plays like Hispanic guys. Well, yeah, I, I think he's kind of put the same thing as like, um, no, uh, Jason Manzukis. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, like he's he he he's Greek, but seems to just play like Middle Eastern guys for some reason. Just got that that weird look about him. Like, I I well, I, I, I guess they're blessed. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a, there's a, also another guy that I think he's Egyptian who ends up playing also the guy that was in uh, Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah. He ends up playing like because he's got dark complexion, all sorts of characters, Middle Eastern, Mexican, all of it. If you got dark skin, you're 
you're in. <laughs> I guess if you're a white dude, then you can play all the roles. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. This that just whitewash a film and put you in it anyway. It doesn't matter. Like yeah, dude. Dude's name is Cliff Curtis. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a white guy's name. <laughs> but he's running this kind of yeah weird haven for like drug users and convinces Frank to take a pill, uh, which brings upon this kind of David Lynch-style dream sequence, which is fucking crazy. It's, it, was a, it was a hallucination dream sequence that I think didn't really do anything. No, it, it, if anything, it only kind of gave you, like... It gave you an excuse to show what happened with Rose, or I'm not sure if it did. Like, right. A little flashback scene. Yeah, but like that, the way that was shot was brilliant because everything looked like it was backwards but forwards at the same time. Like the way they were walking and stuff like that, the way she was walking down the street and even like... I thought she was, I thought she was just crib walking. No, 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 because even when like Frank and Larry are like kind of moving, like everything looked like... It looked really. It was filmed. It was filmed in reverse and played the yeah, other. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, but but like they were moving full. Like, yeah, it must have been. They were. I don't. I don't know how they would have worked it out. But it looked. So it just looked off and unsettling. And like moments before that, you kind of sit. I know. I know that's used a lot where people they'll film something in, in reverse and then play it the other way. To make it seem awkward on how they approach. Well, yeah, that's what that's what like um, that's what kind of reminded me of it being like David Lynch, like because like Twin Peaks, that's all over that. If you've ever seen clips, I don't of, watch when I don't watch any of it. The, the, yeah, there's like famous clips, which is amazing because I watch so much shit. And I haven't <laughs> watched any Twin Peaks. I am disappointed in you, Phil. Um, I'm holding it out. I'm holding it out because I guess everybody else watches it, so I gotta, I gotta be stubborn to one thing. I watch everything on the CW, though, <laughs> so keep that in mind. Nice. Yeah, but the, yeah, we kind of see Rose's death, and um, kind of see that maybe Frank could have done better at saving her. Like he, he kind of can't seem to get he- the tube right. In her throat, and Larry's giving him a hard time. Like you're not doing it right. You got the stomach again. I, like, I'm not really sure what you mean. You know what I thought about that the first time he slid that in the uh, Burke. Is it Burke, the old man? First time he slid that in his throat, I was like, "How do they even know what hole it's going down?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like yeah, it's yeah. got to be really difficult to get it out down the right hole. I was getting a phone call because I'm a very, very popular guy. <laughs> and a bad podcast guest. Uh, <laughs> um, Should have turned that on silent. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of a big deal. It's probably a <laughs> hundred other podcasters calling me to ask if I can pod- sub in. You know, do something. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that or the debt collectors asking, where's the money, I... Phil? Where's the money? Uh, well, you know... You know what bill always gets paid first? The internet bill. Oh, That's yeah. The first um, one. Fuck that rent. Fuck that heat. <laughs> that internet get paid. I can do a lot of things if I got internet. Put that blanket on. There's no heat this month. We're just, yeah, we're well, just I, having I, it I can handle it. 
put another jumper on. Uh, and then, yeah, like, and then he wakes up screaming, uh, as I probably would if I'd had this weird freakish dream. He had just. Had- I wrote it down as uh, his Neanderthal scene. Because <laughs> he goes screaming and just runs in the other room. Picks her up, throws him over the shoulder, and um, and walks out of the house. And I don't know if you ever read uh, Valley of the Horses or anything like that, but you remember Clan of the Cave Bear? Any of those books or movies? There was one movie with, uh, I think, Bo Jackson was yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're Neanderthals. Yeah, classic. Like, I, grab, I grab woman. I'm out of here. And just walks away. Like He turned into a Neanderthal. He was screaming. Found a lady, <laughs> calmed down a little bit, but he's got my accident. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, born, he's, he's, he's born again out of the primordial ooze. Uh, right. And then takes her back to her apartment and looks like... I felt jealous because he looks like he has the best night's sleep ever. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, but he, he, she looks over he's just sleeping on that Yeah, couch. like, oh, man. Like, Fuck yeah, dude. Like, oh. He looked good. He looked real. I don't sleep, so I don't. I don't. I. I. I envy people. Yeah. Well, like saying about that, I'm like, oh man, like really, yeah, really want that to happen. Like, oh, maybe like I don't know. I know loads of like big podcasts are sponsored by like mattress companies, like. Oh, shit. any of you yeah. any of you guys like the sleep the sleep number of beds and stuff casper mattresses lisa mattresses if right. you're listening yes please i want to sleep like <laughs> nicholas cage does in this movie i will i will talk about you for probably 30 minutes if that's what you oh, would, if that's what it oh, takes oh fuck the caged in podcast i will be the official casper mattresses podcast if i get a mattress to sleep on if i'm going i turned on this nicholas cage movie and i fell asleep immediately and didn't wake up for eight solid hours yes. and had the best of my night the movie or my the life movie. who gives a fuck i slept i slept like a baby uh, but um Nah, that'd be great, dude. <laughs> he wakes up. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not a I'm not a sleeper though. So I, I I saw him, and they were talking when they walked in, and she looks over and she's like, "No, no," I'm like, ah, oh, to lay down that quickly and fall asleep. It's been years. <laughs> yeah, that's a. It's been fucking years. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like, he wakes up in the morning and is kind of like does this weird, really weird ritual of like he's like. I washed with three different types of soap. It was nice to be in the company of a lady once again. And it's like, this is some real creepy, pervy motherfucking stuff going on right now. Like, I don't know what you're going on about. Like, is he going to wear her skin as his skin? Because it seems real weird. (laughs) Um, It's a a very, uh, very Buffalo Bill (laughs) esque thing going on right now yeah um but then like obviously we are under the impression that he has quit his job and then it comes up it flashes on the screen and says saturday and he is back in the boss's office and he's like try it try to get fired again yeah like oh which i thought he quit why do you even go in well i think it's that thing that like you can't quit you can't get fired. Like you're in. Do you know what I mean? Blood in, blood yeah, out. Yeah, he's just like he can't like. And obviously, I, I I guess he feels duty bound to the people of New York City to keep them alive. And well, I, I 
Honestly, I mean, after the movie progresses along enough, I still, I believe he really means well. He wants to help people. He's just tired of helping people that are dying. Well, definitely, yeah, and kind Where of. It, it always seems like it's a drug addict. It's, you know, it's he's never saving, like, there's never an accident where you have to try to save an innocent child or well, an innocent person it's always like you need to go here because this person od'd you need to go here because this person's drunk and is unconscious well i th- like it's it's yeah well i think that's just, what I, I feel i feel the struggle with him well i think yeah the, the the i think that's why rose has made such a lasting impression on him because she was like a a 14 year old girl who like from the flashback seems like innocent like she's not she's not another one of these like as you said, she's not a well, for, drug addict. Yeah, for the flashbacks, it looks like it was a passerby. Nobody called it in. He saw that, stopped and ran out to help her. Yeah. And couldn't. You know, so even if it was a drug thing, it was something that he caught, he took, he wanted to do all on his own. Like, I, I am the paramedic. I am the guy who can help you. And he got, Fucked. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you don't say got fucked because I mean shit happens, man. You're not always there at the right time. You can't always win those battles. Yeah, definitely. Which um, I'm sure is hard for paramedics to think that you should be able to save them all the time. All your training, I can save them, but in the end, not everybody can be saved. Yeah, I get. I guess his thing is obviously like he feels like she was one that deserved to be saved, as opposed to. Others, others, maybe not so much. Do you know what I mean? Like these people who are in, right. like ODing yeah. every other week are, like they're, they're, like they're, I, I be, I, I be banging. Yeah, yeah, I be banging. Like as, as, as <laughs> like the the nurse says at the hospital. Like, oh, uh, what you just want to get out back onto the streets and pump some more drugs into your veins. So, and yeah, be, you can do the, those drugs you'll, again. You'll be back in again. And it's like this, this young girl. Like I don't know. Yeah, like. It was his find. It was his, you know, it was more close to him. Yeah, yeah, I guess. definitely. Um, but then this third and final night we see on the job, his partner was the best yet. Is Tommy? Oh my boy! Oh, Tom Sizemore doing it. I and he is so gun fucking ho. I I I I kind of looked at Tom Sizemore and thought like, why has nobody cast like? Jonah Hill as Tom Sizemore's son in a film. Uh, <laughs> I think it would work perfectly well. They've kind of both can do that like obnoxious, like arrogant thing, and they look alike. They you could definitely. I don't think Tom Sizemore is acting. He, uh, Tom Sizemore is still acting. He was in a. No, that is who he is. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Him as a person, <laughs> he is a fucking psychopath. <laughs> Um, yeah, but like, like that- it seems to be that like his character rubs off on like Frank because well yeah you get you get a little worked up I think there's there's a there's a little scene in there where he goes in the back and he's talking about how he needs to like he's like stabbing these needles around he needs this concoction of things and then comes up with like this this IV bag and like a mask on him yeah and. Tom, Tommy really isn't even a phase other than like, yeah, yeah. we got <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. we're doing you it. You do your thing. Um, 
And then this, but not even like, hey, you're drug fucking addict. What are you doing? <laughs> but like, um, this is like cool. The shots, like in this bit, are amazing. Like the kind of sped up. Oh, they're they're, they're fast. Yeah, yeah real they're very quick. Fast. And like, it was this kind of sequence that reminded me of like Fear and Loathing. Like them kind of like zipping about. Like a lot of like. like the fluorescent haze of the whole thing of like just the lights. Well, of the it was city. also um, it was uh, a full moon, right? So always full moons bring bring about crazy somehow. Yeah, 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 just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The it crazy just happens. So like they're all prepping for it. Like it's gonna be a crazy night because it's a full moon. Yeah, and it's like La- La- Larry's called in sick. He fucking he knows what the score is. Like Larry's out. Larry's yeah. dunsies with this shit. Um, and then they get called out to a suicide, which is like kind of these bums in the middle of this derelict building, and uh, they kind of pull this guy to one side. Tom's like uh, Tommy's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I really, I it it, it gave me some uh, enlightenment to it, but I'd like to hear your thoughts first before I bring up mine. No, 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 you go first, man. You go first on this scene. This scene is great. Well, my mine is maybe badgering works. <laughs> you you just make fun of somebody until they're like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, like, like, yeah. What Phil is talking about is that this guy is talking about like killing himself and they're like they take him into the ambulance and uh they kind of mock him like tommy's like put this thing on your head if it goes green go see a doctor uh it's real bad yeah it was it was uh, it was i think a sticky pad of where they uh connected electric or uh heart monitor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then so, but he stuck it to his head. Was like, you need to wear this for twenty four hours, and if it, if you, you got to look in the mirror constantly. And if it turns green, you know you're doing bad. So you, you need to keep it, or you're gonna die. But it was kind of like, um, and I, I hate to make fun of suicide because suicide is a horrible thing. People are plagued with depression and do that shit. But there is also those people that are just doing it just cause. Oh yeah, they well, don't actually feel it. And this is this is one of those scenarios where it's just a dude that doesn't actually really want to do it. He's just like, oh, I'm killing myself. Look at me. Well, People look over here. Well, like, uh, as well, like, Frank comes in and just goes hard because he's like, if you want to fucking just do it. nuts. Here's a knife. Here's how you do it. You've been pretty, cut. Yeah. You've been cutting well, the wrong Pretty much way. like, here's a gun. Yeah, here's the vein. Here's the vein you want to hit. Go down. Don't go across, you pussy motherfucker. Here's the knife. Yeah, you do it. You feel right here where your pulse is? That's where you want to cut. Not up here, you dummy. (laughs) And this guy kind of... And the guy's like, like, oh, no, no. (laughs) I just fucking, like, runs out of there. Like, poor little, like, naked little guy in a loincloth. Like, oh. (laughs) Um, So, it was a horrible thing to do to a person? But did they save him his life in that scenario? I believe yes. Definitely. Uh, there is actually a sequel to this starring that exact same guy uh, that is The Wolf of Shut Wall up. Street. Really? He turned his life no, around. He turned into Jordan Belfort. Jordan, what Jordan, a guy. Jordan Belfort. <laughs> <laughs> tried Jordan to kill himself Bowie. in a crack house and now he was fine. No, I'm obviously it's- joking. Uh it would be. I would love, be well, that would be a really good turnaround. Yeah, yeah definitely. He's a, like a, a million, a hundred millionaire. 
then, and then lost all that. Yeah. Um, Good for him. And then we get a, they get a call out to the Oasis and uh, shit has gone down. Um, turn up to the front door. The uh, One of the ladies the, who frequents there has been shot. Uh, the fish tank has been smashed and there's water all over the floor. And we see that Sai is impaled on a railing, which looks fucking brutal. Um, it looks manageable. Yeah, yeah, but like, uh, and then it turns out that like <laughs> the like f- uh, his like sidekick, this guy called Tiger, had jumped down off a balcony, like managed to like smash through a window, and is out cold. But you get this kind of weird like moment with i was waiting to see a mary though the whole time i i think i I watched it in this movie just like you i had not known anything about it so this is my first time watching i was like don't be mary no cage can't take anymore (laughs) Um, (laughs) he's already at the point luckily it wasn't mary was not there but like um there's that weird like moment of the conversation he has a sigh whilst like they're cutting him. He's just like, yeah, he's rattling around, like he's like hold wiggling on this spike, and he's holding his head. And they're kind of having like, for someone who is like impaled, a really level-headed, <laughs> like the conversation <laughs> is flowing, like better than like conversations I've ever had, and I've never been impaled. Uh, like he's he's eloquent. I, I, th- I think I think there's some realization. Like this could be it, and you're just kind of you kind of slowed down, maybe. Yeah, moment of clarity. I've never I've never been impaled. Yeah, I've never been impaled either. But I think I mean this could be it. So this this dude's just talking, man. He's just kind of and like you know he kind of, he kind of like brilliantly as well. This might be his last conversation ever. So you might as well make it good. You don't want to be like uh. Hey, Petros, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> drugs and stuff. And, but he, like, nah. he manages to let out, like, some exposition bombs as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, he gives the whole, like, oh, this was the this was the Red Death Gang. They're, they're the guys who did it. Like, I tried to <laughs> jump down. Like, I don't know. He He's the good drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a lovely guy. He's kind of running a... Um, what he? F- I tried to shut down that red death. I can't do it all, though. <laughs> I'm only one man. Um, and then like yeah, they they go, they take him to the hospital again. He is just piled up and put in the queue with hundreds of other people, and it's just kind of like, let's go, just just deal with it. And um, I lo- I, mean, I think there's a hospital scene where they pan over when uh. When Frank's coming in, but he's like yelling at a nurse, and there's the whole like the the fence spike through yeah, him yeah, yeah. as he's yelling at a nurse, and then starts to talk to Frank for a minute. Well, yeah, yeah, like, and it's just through his body, yeah. just out there. <laughs> and then like that would be me. I would just wander around with like a spike through my side. Like it's cool. Don't touch it. They said don't <laughs> touch it. If you pull it out. Other things might come, so we're just going to leave it in there. <laughs> this might be the rest of my life. I might have to have this in my side forever. But I'll take it. And then they get, like, back to the hospital, and, like, Mr. Burke is just being, like, 
just constantly like he's he's dead, but they're just like any moment they're just like shocking him back into fucking existence and like they're like, Well, the family said they want us to do it, so we're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna shock him every time his body shuts down and Frank talks to Mary and just kind of gives gives probably like the most poignant line of the whole film where he's like we're we're all dying mary we're all dying and it's like uh that's <laughs> what this is all about like even though like people are like i need i need nick cage as a like a palm reader in my life <laughs> just say random shit to me please but like, that, that, i would love it's it. like i don't know it's that like teenage like thing of like that real like when you re- like I don't know, do you know what I mean? Like very very like oh, I've started reading like J D Salinger like we're all dying, we're all we're all come to the end at some point. It's like, oh fuck off! Like we we all we- yeah. There there, there 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 is no there is no grand grand afterlife. That is just yeah yeah yeah. It is it, it is what you do in this life that makes you who you yeah, are. Yeah, definitely. Uh then we get like crazy Tommy who turns out to be. Uh, definitely a racist, like, fucking shouts at a cabbie, <laughs> like, gives him a lot of shit, like, calls well, him a raghead. We never like, thought Tommy was a really level-headed guy, though. Yeah, 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 but I thought, like, maybe, I don't know, he he just went, Tommy like, was a psycho from the get-go. Oh, yeah, 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 but I thought, uh, yeah, like, I hoped, I, I like to, to, to hope for the best in people, that maybe, like, he was just <laughs> that he might not be a fucking psychopath. Well, no, no, no. After the first time he met him, he was like, "If I see you again, I'm gonna kill you." Straight eye, just I'm I thought he might kill you if I see you again. No, I thought he might just be a bit overzealous with like criminals that obviously like could be missed. Like the criminals are misunderstood, but no, he is just out and out. Yeah, he's a fucking prick. Uh, he's just out and out arse. Awesome. psychopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. Uh, and then he makes this plan, which uh, I don't know, is a plan that I would have come up with when I was about 10 years old to like right. to get someone. <laughs> just, just you go out in front and... You talk to him. <laughs> and talk to him. I'm going to go around the side and trick him. Well, no, he says... Uh, 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 I'll go down the. I'll go behind him, get on all fours, and you push him over me, which is like something I used to do when I was like, yeah, like ten years old. So what? Well, like, well, what's the end game? Now you're both laying on the ground together. Well, yeah, I think he means like he's there. <laughs> he could just get the pounds in. He can smack. He can smash him up a bit. Yeah, he's not caught off guard. Noel is, so that he's got the upper hand. But then, like, like before this, Frank had been saying like. He's kind of really off the hinge because he's like, I just want to smash some shit. Let's just go smash a window. Like, give me a reason. We'll smash a window. And that's when they come across Noel and come up with this cockamimi plan to just beat him up. Noel, like, Frank ends up smashing a window of the car. Car windows with a baseball bat. And Noel gets to slip on them and... Tommy's but Tom, Tom, Tom's pissed about it for whatever reason like that's the ridiculous thing you're ridiculous what Frank for hitting windows we should be hitting people yeah yeah, yeah. we should be beating the shit out of like 
poor innocent. He thought that was so strange. Yeah, he's he's a fucking loose cannon, uh, and he's like, "You be back here in ten minutes." And like, he's like, "Remember, the guy runs like a rat. Like he'll try and slip away." Right. <laughs> um, he he he's a slippery fucker. You gotta keep your eyes peeled. And then they kind of go into this like underpass, and uh, and if people forget, we're still talking about uh, uh, Mark Anthony with that sweet ass wig. Oh yeah, fucking looking fresh to death. Well, I mean. He- yeah, yeah. Some people don't remember that he was that guy the whole time. He was he was slippery <laughs> with a fucking jet black wig. But like, it's in this bit in like the kind of underpass thing where like it looks like that Frank sees Rose's ghost in a dumpster, and that but then like see, like I don't know like he sees rustling in a dumpster, and then he's like, oh, I'll, I'll have a look over there. And then all of a sudden he kind of breaks out and Tommy is beating the living shit out of Noel with a baseball bat. No, 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 no. Nick Cage has that fucking crazy sequence where he's like, he's seeing uh, that girl, Mary. Mm-hmm. Or is it Mary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, there's a brick wall, brick wall that he finally gets there and then it's bam. It's Tommy beating yeah, the that's shit it. out yeah, of yeah. Uh, Noel with that bat. And then, yeah, it, it was it was super wild, man. Like he's just beating the fuck out and of. And he's him. like, get like get him to the fucking hospital now, or I'm calling for backup, and people are gonna know that you're a fucking piece of shit. And then like they get him to the hospital. Everything like looks like it's gonna be fine. He goes to visit Mister Burke, um, who's like like talking like well he sees him as talking to him and he's like let me go and like, a little inner inner monologue you know i don't we're, it's it's meant to seem like he's speaking to him from the coma yeah 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 because like every time i he, he, i think he just i think he's just fucking crazy. oh yeah definitely he's just he's just putting into it what he wants there to be like he wants there to be some kind of resolution to this uh thing like some meaning and wants to find like wants to help someone he's he he's kind of lost someone in like a premature death and kind of kind of feels like this guy maybe wants to go like should go like and maybe he could well yeah but but i also feel like he's just hearing this shit and hearing what he thinks this person's in a coma well i think through this you know he's looking for some kind of redemption in some way and maybe that being through the like by letting him go and like it's a very tense weird scene that follows this with uh when he like takes off the pads he takes off like the heart monitor pads and then takes out the tube and is breathing. It, it like lingers on for a couple of minutes, like where he's like Yeah, yeah, he puts on he puts on the, the monitors and all that shit so the um I don't know, uh nurse's aide, the one that's monitoring all patients, doesn't get suspicious when he's killing this yeah. dude. And like yeah, so he's given him the ability to die because if he killed him right away, then yeah, p- they would come people, in and yeah, resuscitate yeah. him for like the 17th time, they said. I think some of those lines. It was in the teens. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so, he, so he had to actually make sure homie was dead yeah, and he, before they came in. He lets him go and then um, 
like says, I don't worry, I'll tell the family. And uh, as he walks out of the hospital, there's just a brilliant scene of Tommy smashing up an ambulance in the background. No explanation for it. He's just smashing the shit out of the ambulance. Oh, uh, Tommy? Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. He's just walking by and Tommy's out there just beating the shit out of him. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> he was like yelling at it. Being crazy. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. There's no, there's no explanation. But that fit for his him. character. Um, no, it fit him being a fucking psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he goes to the Burke family to tell them the news. And, uh, well, he goes to Mary. And then at the door has a vision of Rose on Mary's face and asks for forgiveness. And Mary says to him, Don't worry, it's not your fault. And I felt that this was him getting the, like, redemption he wanted, because obviously... Yeah, but it was fake. Yeah, definitely. De- but, like, in his mind, that's what it took for him to Absolutely. be to be level. And that's why he went inside and take a little nap. Yeah, a little nap. It got really bright light right on his face. Like, I thought he was dying. No, he got a little... In that in that A point. little nap on a, on a, on a bosom... Uh, like F, F, yeah, like, like he was, he was he, he, like a child I, again. Thank you, thank, thank you, Petros. Right out of a little buzz hub, just a little nappy time. Just oh, lovely, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, every yeah, it was, it was very sweet at the end. It was fucking <laughs> confusing. I feel like he was wrong. I feel like he made up both that shit, all that shit, and he killed that dude. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's um, and that is that is where the film ends, and it is very like um. I was like, oh, uh, when it got to that moment, I was like, oh, is 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 that it? Like, and then I, uh, yeah, I, I'm st- I feel like his uh, his little his little uh, like self finding was just him deciding to kill somebody with uh, with Burke. It was hit. It was all in his head. It wasn't anything more than that. Like Burke's, like don't let them do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It was his struggle with a person that's in a in a coma. And I agree, it's a horrible scenario to be in. Sometimes you just gotta go with it, you know, let him go. But I feel like it was it was forced. Oh yeah, definitely. I think he he looked for a way to kind of make redemption for himself. Yeah, Whether that be yeah, just calm, a- calm, calm his nerves or whatever it is, but he looked he looked for a way out of it, and that was it. Was just him listening to a fake murmurings of somebody in the call. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, like we obviously like. What is your opinion on this film? Did you enjoy this film, Phil? I thought it was shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, well, well, by the time I was done, I just it was too long. Number one, um, but I just I felt I felt like I was never really there. They never gave me a, they never led me up to anything. And maybe I'm too babied in the movies where I need like one half hour of the episode to be like, this is my life, this is what I do, and then it jumps into that. But I, I just feel like it was it was long and. They they jumped me into a situation I didn't know what was going on. What? Well, yeah, I think like the thing with me, as I said, it was more of like it was just all about tone and atmosphere and stuff like that. But it was very like 
conflicting in the tone and atmosphere that it gave you in that like it kind of contradicted itself in like one minute it was dark the next minute it was light it didn't know what yeah it didn't know what it wanted to be yeah it seemed like an experiment in like what can we do and that's what i mean it was like it kind of felt like which are are we so cool now that we're just fucking dogging scorsese no, I don't mean that. I just, I reckon. I ne- but I never thought in my life I would ever be like, ah, oh, he was confused. He wasn't sure what he wanted. I reckon. He should call call me next movie. Call call Phil. I'll tell you. <laughs> I, I, my, my, my guess is, like, from the string of successes he had, and, like, almost, like, you can argue, obviously, like, Goodfellas, Casino, they are, like, Great movies, oh, they're, they're fucking solid, solid movies. movies, but they are very much of a type and like almost a niche that he has created for himself. I feel like this is Martin Scorsese trying to do something but he, different. He he pulled from great great source material though in those movies. But obviously, this film he's tried to like he's trying to pay like. An old favour to Paul Schrader, who uh, wrote the script for Taxi Driver. So, obviously, something like a winning formula. I do like Taxi Driver, but I don't feel... I feel like this is not even connected to that in the same manner, because Taxi Driver was a great movie. I I rewatched it and rewatched it, and it has, like, three sections that really define the movie this movie starts you off in the third and never gets past it well yeah that's what i mean i think like it's just both of them trying to do something like trying to be very cutting edge like you think like it's 1999 they're trying to be very like oh like cool and like the internet's a bit the internet's big like do you know what i mean like they're they're, they're, they're trying to keep up they the never pattern. brought up the internet I know, I know that, but like, but I, but I get it. But if they're trying to be cool, they shouldn't at least brought up that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, they're trying to be cutting edge, like, and it's like, you know what? You made a name for yourself in classic, like, new Hollywood cinema with great classic films. You don't need to try and mess a- around. Have you with- seen a classic film in the mid two thousands that was not? Up to date of new age, but was a classic style that was still good. I'm sure I have. They don't need to. Scorsese doesn't need to try to dabble with internets and well, yeah, new age shit. He just play play what you know. Exactly, bro. exactly. You got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you don't need to kind of try the art house way of doing it. Just like Scorsese has a well. I mean, okay, I, I give him some slack because it took him until like what three years ago, four or five years ago to get a fucking. Academy Awards, so he was searching for that that albatross. Yeah, definitely. I I, I feel like The Departed is uh, a great film, but is not. God, I love The Departed. Is not his Oscar winning movie, uh, in my eyes. Uh, I feel like no. I feel like I feel like he got stuck with a few years where he was gambling against other really great movies. Yeah, and then there was year there was years in between where way lesser films won. Well, yeah, I think it was a, a case of, like, uh, I guess we've got to give it to Scorsese. We've fucked up so many times before and not given it to him. Uh, <laughs> let's do it now. He's, he's, 
He's gonna quit if we don't give yeah, him yeah, one definitely. now. Um, well, obviously, you now know our opinions of this movie. How do you think, Phil? This film rates on IMDb, oh, Rotten Tomatoes, and the third thingy we will have is Roger Ebert this week. But Roger Ebert. Okay. So I am okay. IMDb. Okay. What do you reckon? Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah. My guess. My guess is. IMDb, I would say a 5.7. And Rotten Tomatoes? Um, well, after that little. 6.8? I'd say uh, 61%. 71%. Okay, okay. We're doing good. Uh, Roger Ebert, I say 3. 4 out of 4. Come on! Yeah. Uh, Roger Ebert, four okay. out of four. Um, in in my defense, I if I watched it in '99, I might have been blown away. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess. Four. You know, it's it's. I mean, that you always gotta take it in time because I have a lot of movies on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes that I've rated very highly, but there were movies I watched when I was 13, 14 <laughs> that I absolutely love, like fucking Running Man. And Commando and Arno movies and shit like that. You know, I love those movies. So they are fucking fours at best, but I think they're eights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get you. Know, you so know. I get it. <laughs> so if I rate, if I rated it as I saw it, which Rotten Tomatoes wasn't around when this came out, so a lot of that shit bothers me. Uh, Roger Ebert, old take. IMDb is a lot of nostalgia too. Yeah, definitely. And when did IMDb come out? Like mid two thousand. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It was. It wasn't around in ninety nine. That is it for what the internet says. Uh, obviously, that's, 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 that's not that's not horrible though. I mean, in, in the world of movies, that's a C plus B minus average. Oh well, at least Scorsese, he's gonna get he's gonna get some like um, apologists anyway. He's gonna get people who are just gonna like say it's great and like even if they don't if if they don't get it, they're gonna go, oh, it's great. I didn't get it. That's because I'm it, stupid. It was a great. It was a great director trying something different. Don't blame him for the exactly, acting. exactly. Right. Uh, well, you now know what a couple of idiots think about this film. You now know what the internet know, uh, says about this film. I guess that is that is that is it. Uh, so, Phil, where can people find you or those movie guys like? Yeah, when when do when do you guys release episodes? We record uh, Tuesday night and drop a late Tuesday night. So if you're a, a late person, it's always around. But uh, Wednesday mornings, it's up. Uh, those movie guys podcast dot com. Those movie guys podcast on Facebook, Instagram, on Twitter. It's TMG underscore podcast. And yeah, we're all over the fucking place, dude. Nice. We do uh, it all. It's been a pleasure having you on this episode. Patros is the best, man. We we, <laughs> we love you. Those movie guys love you, dude. Um, we shout you out as much as we can. You gave us a great, great intro, which I cannot be on thank you for because we have not got nothing but good things about that. No intro. worries, man. I don't know what you were thinking or what you were doing. <laughs> were you uh, were, were you a little boozed up one night and decided just to... Uh, Mix it up or what? Uh, I just, I just, um, 
Because <laughs> people are wondering, like, how you just, just did it, because it's great. Well, I just thought, like, I thought your intro just didn't, like, I just thought something that, like, you needed something that really, like, captured what the show was about. And, like... <laughs> well, our intro our intro is uh, Joe Merle of our podcast. It is his brother's band, the Gasoline Gypsies. Nice, nice, but do you know so what I mean? we've, We've always had that, but it, yeah, it never set the tone of what you're listening to. It was just a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just, I just thought like, what would like if 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 it was a new listener, and like attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. What, yeah, where 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 am I at right now? What did, what did I even download? And it's like you hear a little little bluegrass playing, a little little strumming. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I totally, I totally get it. But yeah, man, that's that, that is so awesome, dude. You did this a solid. No worries. It was, and and I, and I even say it. I say it now more than I ever did. It's like I'm watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's like I, I, I took that all from like one episode, and I was just like, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna fucking do it. It's just like because we're idiots. Because we're fucking idiots. We talk about movies. Uh, if 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 you guys listen to Petros and don't know our show. We just watch movies and TV and really, we don't know anything about most <laughs> things, but we talk a lot about all of it. Amazing. Well, I've been Petrus Patsilovus. I am Phil. We've been caged in. You've been rad. Bye. Petros. Petros. Hey, guys, if you've uh, managed to get to the end... And not not just uh, skipped it or just thought fuck this this guy chats a load of shit. Um, it's a little bonus thing for you if you go over to those movie guys uh, when they drop their newest episode. Um, I'll be on it. I'll be talking movies with those guys. What I've watched, what I enjoyed, talking just a regular version of their episode. But it's going to be me. So it's going to be those caged in. Movie guys crossover, just chatting shit about movies and that. Bye. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery Main, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.